Hi everyone, I'm Dee. And I'm Alex. And together we're DNA. And you're listening to the DNA of Mindful Relationships podcast. Is it ever okay to tell a lie? What is the impact of lies and secrets on our relationships? And how do you recognise a lie when it's disguised as something else? Um, I don't know. Are you lying to me now? Or are you telling me the truth? I'm uh, being honest. All right. Well, let's explore that in this episode titled Liar Liar Pants on Fire. <laughs> Lies, 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 sex, lies, and videotape. Liar, liar, pants on fire. So, no one likes a liar, no one likes lies, but sometimes we do it. Sometimes we tell little white lies, sometimes bigger lies. What's the impact on lies on relationships, Mm. Dee? Well, white lies are those innocuous little lies that we use to spare our partner's feelings. And most people use these to, to help move the relationship along without needing for constant debate or argument or discussion necessarily. And they're generally over little things like the classic, does my bum look big in this? And what would be the lie that comes with that? No, you look perfect, babe. Yeah, exactly. And um, or the the common, you know, if you get asked how you, how um, you're feeling or what's going on, you say I'm fine. That's a little white lie because you may not be fine, but you just don't want to deal with something and talk about whatever it is. Is that like the checkout person at Woolies who says, "How are you doing today?" And you go, "Good, thanks." Maybe not. Yeah, kind of like that because you. You know, you're saying you're good so that you can move that process of, Mm. you know, getting through the checkout as quickly as possible. Or, you know, another example might be dinner was lovely, babe. You say that to me all the time. What are you (laughs) saying now? So, um, you know, and they're things that they're not worth fighting over. They're, you know, you've got to choose your battles. And I think psychologists have... um, confirm that it's actually quite a healthy part of a relationship having these small white lies however you we on, don't can we wanna... get back to the dinner first yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um well you know come on 99 percent pretty good yes i have to admit and you're, the one percent cook i think the one percent when it's not so good i'm i'm i think you tell me it's not so good <laughs> i don't think there's any lies yeah. going on there and this is where over a period of time you and i have built that trust and that confidence and security in each other where we can be more open about our real feelings and our real opinions um and that's what i wanted to talk about in this session that relationships thrive on trust And trust is the solid foundation that the relationship framework is built on. So let's say that the framework is made of wood and telling lies over a period of time and really significant lies over a period of time would be like termites eating away at your framework that you've both worked really hard to build and the whole structure slowly but surely falling down around you both. 
So hang on, are the white lies white ants, or is that? Am I taking this analogy too far? Yes, the the, the not the white lies. You know, you can take white lies too far as well, where it, it does come across as a bit dishonest. But you know, a few white lies here and there, is it harmful? Not really, but we're talking about significant lies, and they do they eat away at the structure of your relationship. So with lies um, comes mistrust and insecurity and a dysfunctional relationship. Lies are the antithesis of building trust and a strong connection. Being open and vulnerable with your truth can at times be the more challenging option, but almost always leads to a more rewarding relationship. So lies keep us disconnected and distant Truth and openness leads to a deeper intimacy in all relationships. So would we say then that there are different types of lies in terms of different levels of severity? So, you know, white lies might be fairly innocent and innocuous, um, right down to full-on deceit. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's hard to measure, you know, um, whether one's better than the other. But there are a few types of lies that, yeah, the the worst one would be um, a a conscious deception um, of the truth. But I I wanted to just go over different types of lies so we can have a think about, you know, is this something that we do in relationships? It's not just about recognising this in your partner, but do you use these um, types of lies just to cover up or, or you think it makes things easier but what it does in fact it actually um, tears away at the fabric of the relationship and it can make you feel quite unhappy and you feel distant from your partner because you're not being open and vulnerable um, and you know connecting with them in a, in a you know honest way I think I think what everyone wants from a relationship is a sense of security, right? To know that there's, you know, what we assume is there today will be there tomorrow. And I guess yes. lies and deceit undermines that ability to know that the future is as sound as the present. Yeah. And that's how you build trust with someone. And let's say you're dating and you've met someone um, new and you're getting to know them and it's only through consistency over time that you know they're actually doing the very thing they're saying they're going to do it, so their words are cons- consistent with their behaviors their actions over a period of time and then you start to feel wow i can trust this person because you know they their actions follow their words so it's almost an equation trust equals consistency over time yes Hmm. it's just mathematics yeah (laughs) cool i thought it might be good just to look at the different types of lies and you know we all do these at different types different times of our lives and it's not you know it's not something that we can um say you know don't lie in your relationship at all but recognize when you're using that um 
and recognize how it actually creates a little bit of distance between you and your partner. And it may be in a friendship as well. It doesn't have to be in intimate relationships. It's interesting because I think one of the milestones in childhood development is when a child is able to tell a lie to get what they want, that they see that as a sign of intelligence and being able to um, see consequential actions as a result of what they do the good thing about um when children lie though it's often very noticeable Mm. so you can often see them they might say one thing but their behaviors are clearly saying the opposite and also the chocolate around their mouth is a giveaway (laughs) yes yeah so let's have a look at um lies uh a lie of error a lie by mistake um this is where the person believes they're being truthful but what they're saying is not the complete truth. So, um, you know, this is where partners can have a lot of arguments around, you know, what they both believe as being true. And often this can lead to a waste of energy and time. Um, And it's hard to admit you've made a mistake. So, you know, this is not a, a conscious lie. It's just based on a belief that, you know, what what you're saying or what you're believing is the truth. Mm. I'm trying to think of an example of it. It might be to do with like a historical fact or um, it might be, you know, um, about the weather. You know, you thought you saw that it was, you know, supposed to be 20 degrees. Well, it's like when you sign a document and it says, you know, this is a true and, you know, mm. you believe this to be completely true. Now, if you're maliciously lying, that's different. But an error is where you obviously have just forgotten or got it wrong. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we all do that. Now, a lie by omission. Now, this is an interesting one where you're leaving out relevant information. Um, and it's this is pretty easy lie to, to do, but it, and it's not as risky. And it's easy to convince yourself that you haven't lied. Exactly. And it doesn't involve inventing any stories because you're just leaving something significant out that you know might impact on the other person. It's like a passive deception and there's less guilt involved. Um, So, for example, if I told you that I bought new shoes and they're really expensive shoes but they were, you know, discounted 50% off, and, you know, I got a bargain, is that a lie of omission? Because I didn't actually mention that they're normally, you know, $500 and I got them for 250 mm. for example. Yeah. So I'm not actually telling you the, the full price, but I'm You're saying You're filtering the information. Exactly, yeah. yeah, to make it more okay. So did you get those shoes? Are they 500 bucks? Mm, well, I, w- I won't. Right, you can have right a look along. in my closet. Moving along. <laughs> Um, so that that's the kind of thing that people often use that because they want to spare their partner or the other person. Or they could be maliciously being deceitful by omission as well. Possibly. And here, here's an example where um, when, you're, when you're starting off in a relationship, um, often, and particularly these are, this is probably more relevant people that are older, and starting maybe a new relationship or second time round, and they don't discuss their desire to have children. Um, and 
this can come up again in the relationship to to you know bite them in the in the whatever in the proverbial <laughs> in the proverbial because what and maybe I'm going to use a you know um, in this case a woman the the woman may have left out the fact that they desperately would like to have more children or have a child um, but they've they haven't really brought it up because there's a sense that the other person maybe they already have kids or he already has kids um, and he's not really interested in having more children or you know they're, they're just, just having a sense that you know children don't factor in that person's future or she might think that once she's established a secure, strong relationship, then she might be able to sway him. That's that's it. Yeah, we always believe we can change our partner. Women want to change their partners, mm. and men just want to change partners. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually quite true. Mm. Let me think. Yes. Um, so there's an example where of a lie of omission, and you know, at the time, this person may have not wanted to bring up wanting to have children as a way of just um you know keeping keeping that relationship or maintaining that relationship the way it is however if they had have brought it up earlier it gives the other person their partner an opportunity to say whether they want to have children or not Mm. and that that becomes a big issue down the track if that's never talked about yeah Um, another type is restructuring so distorting the context, saying something in a sarcastic way or changing the characters or altering the scene. Um, this is something um, my, my mother often changes stories around and the way I know that is when the story involves me and I'll hear her talking to someone else and she'll just embellish and add different things that didn't actually happen. Now... From my point of view, it seems pretty harmless because it, it, it you know, doesn't really impact on, on me. But it's interesting that I, I've noticed that a few times with her. Mm. Okay. So you're not a NASA scientist. Oh, what? Did she tell you that? Well. <laughs> no, but, you know, this is, this is something where people make a story sound more interesting than it is. Um, and and in a in a more sort of sinister way, it could be about you know changing the story about what's happened in their past. So let's say you know um, they were charged um, and went to jail for a period of time, and you know changing that story to say they were charged but they didn't go to jail. So changing the story around just to restructure it so it sounds a bit more palatable i Mm -hmm. guess yeah now another type of lie is denial refusing to acknowledge the truth the extent of denial can be quite large and they may be lying only to you just this one time or they may be lying to themselves on an ongoing basis Um, that's a really common one so denial again it could be about something that's happened in the past Um, you know i think um, issues that have happened with, say, an ex-partner and how, for example, um, they may have cheated on their ex-partner but there's a denial about that cheating that is shared with their new partner or it's omitted. That, you know, that, that's another type as well. 
And here I thought denial was uh, the river in Egypt. Mm, I thought you were going to bring up that joke. Yeah. Denial is a really common thing a lot of us do to cope with maybe something that um, they don't want to acknowledge from the past and maybe there's some shame related to that experience as well. Or they've justified it to themselves in some way. Yeah. Um, Minimization. So this is where um, they reduce the effects of a mistake or a fault or a judgment call. Um, you know, and this can happen in relationships where, you know, one partner minimizes how sick they are and, you know, it, it can be quite detrimental because they're, um, ignoring the signs that something's not right with their health. Um, but it also doesn't allow their partner to support them and help them, you know, to, um, to recovery. Yeah, or whatever's there might be needed. minimization when it comes to financial situations. When you go, look, it's not as bad as it is. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or it might be minimizing in in terms of money. It might be minimizing um, the fact that they actually do have a lot of money, but covering up mm. just to you know to to hide the amount of money that that person has. Yeah. The opposite of that would be exaggerating, representing as greater, better, more experienced, more successful. And this is this is probably more common with money, where the um, you know the information around money and finances is over exaggerated. So it it almost it's like a denial of how bad the situation is financially, and that's where a lot of people get into um, strife. And the partner finds out and something happens to bring up this information that actually financially I had a lot of trust in my partner that they they had control and they had it all under control and then learning that actually it was much, much worse than, than they shared. And the final one is fabrication where there's a deliberate inventing of a false story and often this is where cheating partners, this is, you know, the, the most sort of clear example where um, there's a betrayal of the relationship agreement um, that you have as an exclusive uh, couple. Um, now, so hang on, fabrication of uh, an affair. Well, you're not going to invent an affair. So, what are you inventing? You're inventing the truth that ex- doesn't have an affair in it. Yes. Yeah, so you might be inventing the truth. You you know um, around where you're going. At that time of night, um, or you might be making up who's calling you or messaging you at different times. So it's a complete fabrication. Yeah. Yes, you're trying to hide something, but you're also making up other things around it. And this is where often over a period of time, people do get caught out on lies because it's hard to stay consistent with those fabrication, those stories. So I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. I think. Um, I was reading that um, an author, Wendy Patrick, wrote a book called Red Flags um, and she says that lying about spending time with another person is a death knell to a relationship um, and it's a lie that partners should never tell. So essentially she's saying if a partner lies about seeing another person in an intimate way, an emotional way, it doesn't have to be physical, it's a death knell to the relationship. But there's also someone else that has written a really interesting book that counteracts that. 
um, Esther Perel, a well-known couples therapist, has written a book called um, really around the whole cheating concept called The State of Affairs. And she doesn't believe it's necessarily a sign of the end of the relationship as a couple, but definitely the death of the old relationship. And it's an opportunity to rebuild something new from the ashes. So, um, you know, just because people are lying in relationships doesn't mean that, you know, it's it's the end of the relationship. So you or can come back from that. You can come back from these lies um, and and from cheating as well. And I really believe that as a couples therapist, I know I've worked with couples where um, the male partner in this one example uh, had a long-term affair, um, came in with his wife. Um, she was devastated and he was devastated that it had all come to this. Um, Realised what he had done and the severe impact he had on his partner was was very remorseful um, and I think, you know, he, there was – it wasn't just a matter of, oh, I got found out and now I need to, you know, fix things. Quite a long period of time had taken place between the affair and then coming in to see me. But what I wanted to say about him is he worked so hard to rebuild trust with his partner to the point where she reported – um, you know, this is after many, many sessions that they were actually having a better relationship, a different relationship than the one they used to have where they would spend more time together, enjoy life, doing the things that they both enjoy. And, you know, there are examples where if the desire is there, you can rebuild, like I said, from the ashes of an affair or a deceit or betrayal. Yeah, well, sometimes an affair is just a cry for help and trying to, I guess, um, let your partner know how severely you feel about where the relationship is. And, you know, I guess if you're willing and both parties are willing to work at it, you can get to a better place. But I guess that brings up the next point, which is do you ever get over the lie? the cheating mm. do you ever does it ever get back to a point where that trust is at a, a you know is rebuilt completely i think you can again over a long period of tri- a time building trust with each other it's it is a long road um and again it depends on the desire of you know the person that was let's say the victim in this situation um, that they really see the value of maintaining the relationship. Now, sometimes cheating or having an affair is a sign that the relationship was breaking down and, you know, it, sometimes it's a, it's a way of that person doesn't know how to do something about the breakdown of the relationship and does something dramatic like cheating and it kind of gives them an exit, a way out. And... If that's the case, then there's no hope to sort of bring it back and to, you know, rebuild the relationship. But I, I do believe that there's hope to rebuild that trust in some cases. Good. Well, that's um, encouraging. There's, there's another area that I wanted to bring up that it's often not okay to lie in and that is in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Did Um, you just do one of my jokes? (laughs) I did an Alex there. But 
when it comes to your intimate relationship, your sexual relationship in bed, um, you know, I think it's important to be honest about what you're, what you're, what you like, what you're enjoying, what you don't like. Oh, what's how was it for you, my dear? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and that's an area that I would encourage people not to. You can you can use some white lies again if it's you know if it's not that important to you, but it it is an area where you want to build that trust around um, you when you're when you hear your partner say that they're enjoying something that they're genuinely enjoying it or they're not enjoying something. So I just wanted to bring that up as a as another area that can because if you're covering up all the time in that area of your life you're lying in bed constantly i know you just cringe i saw you there <laughs> lying in um, bed all the time about that part of your intimate relationship then i think it actually can interfere in your relationship in that area well the short term benefit of trying to spare someone's feelings really doesn't help the long-term benefit, I guess, of being real with each other and and, uh, being able to help each other achieve what you both want to achieve. And I think often that is the case, that um, people are trying to do right by telling a little white lie. Um, And some of them, that's fine. But others can actually prolong getting some real authenticity in the relationship. And I guess the aim is to feel, you know, everybody wants to feel um, loved, connected, acknowledged. And it's harder to do that when you're not being authentic with your partner about your feelings. And not just about in bed, but in any area of the relationship. So essentially, you know, we're we're keeping people at arm's distance if we're constantly lying about how we're really feeling or or what we're wanting from the other person. Yeah, and it's all about building trust and security so that you can have those honest and open conversations without feeling that you're going to hurt someone's feelings or, um, you know, it's going to cause a problem. And I know, Alex, I'm, I'm, I can't think of an example, but I know that when we've had some difficult conversations about areas that, you know, I thought might be hard to bring up and it might be hurtful for the other to hear, that we've, we've often come out of it feeling closer and more connected. Um, and I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling with thinking of an example. Like cooking food the way you'd like me to cook it? Um, yeah, I think I'm quite honest about that. And you'll often say, get out of the kitchen. (laughs) Let me just do it my way. But, um, yeah, I try and help out and give you a few tips here and there. But I was thinking more along the lines of, um, you know, there was a period of time when I was concerned about your health. And... Really? Yeah, and we, you know, I thought, how do I broach this subject with you? Oh, you broached it. <laughs> Did I? Yeah, well, yeah, I think um, you're referring to my weight. Yes. Well, yes, I did I did put on a few COVID kilos <laughs> and maybe some pre-COVID kilos as well. Um, Pre and post. Yeah, and look, I, I think I... 
I appreciated you bringing that to my attention. Um, but I think at the time you brought it to my attention, I wasn't ready to do anything about it. Um, so I, you know, if you had just kept telling me, no, you're looking good, hun, <laughs> um, then it might have prolonged me taking any action. Mm-hmm. So you being real to me probably was just a, an indicator to myself to go and do something about it, which I am doing now. What are you doing? Uh, intermittently fasting, apparently. <laughs> so is it working? Apparently it's working, okay. yes. Yeah, it is working. So, and you're doing an amazing job. Thank you. Um, and we're doing it together, which yeah. makes it a lot easier. So when you, when you make a significant lifestyle change like that, it's always easier to do it with somebody else, in this case, you know, with your partner. Um, and when it comes to food, it's a lot easier if that food that's tempting isn't around you so if we're both on this intermittent fasting plan then you know it it seems to be a lot easier to to achieve our goals so if i ask you does my ass look big in this now you can just go it used to (laughs) (laughs) it looks gorgeous that's Mm. what i would say so yeah we had a difficult conversation but how do you manage the lie if you if you think your partner is lying um So the first thing is, well, keep in mind that confronting the person head on and accusing them of lying can ignite an explosive argument. And you don't want to go down that path because, um, you know, they they could get quite defensive and it just goes nowhere. It goes around in circles. So if something doesn't make sense to you or is not logical, ask clarifying questions. Don't just let it go if it's really important to you. Um, at the very least, your partner will know that you know that they are not telling the full story. Um, coming from a place of love and compassion, encourage your partner to tell them what is really bothering them. So this is where you might say, are you okay? And they go, I'm fine. Now, that's that's fine as a one-off, but if it, if it's ongoing and they that sounds like clearly a conversation not fine, you'd have with a teenager. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was school. Good. Yeah, exactly. But that's not really a lie. That's more of a get get mum or dad off my back. <laughs> um, focus on how the lie has impacted on you and how it left you feeling, so that it builds some empathy for them. So, for example, if you know if I caught you out on a lie that you had been out with someone but you didn't tell me who that was or someone I wasn't very happy with you you know catching up with I don't know I'm making this up (laughs) I'm making this up um I maybe focus on myself rather than you and what you did and the lie does that make sense so if I just focused on I felt a little bit deceived and I, I felt like you didn't trust me if I focus on that, then, then that can lead to a more open conversation. Now, when your partner comes clean, thank them for doing so and tell them how much you appreciate the honesty that they've shared. Now, this is called positive reinforcement and in that way you're encouraging the positive behaviours to continue. Um, and that, that goes um, generally for you know dealing with children as well, that you want to encourage the openness and the honesty as much as possible. So you want to make a safe space that someone can come clean. Yeah. 
Um, and how do you manage a chronic liar or cheater? Well, we kind of covered that. If you've tried all of those things and it's um, making you feel miserable, then you need to, to leave for your own well-being and maybe get some help, you know, before you do that. So to make sure that you're getting support, some professional help. Um, but, you know, it's not, it's not a um, safe and... Um, productive environment to live or to to be around someone who lies and cheats all the time because that's where you can start questioning your own sanity and your own reality Mm. and there are 50 ways to leave your lover apparently (laughs) a good song (laughs) another good song yeah so lying is bad okay lying is bad generally white lies are okay sometimes (laughs) (laughs) Made it easy for you. All right. Well, I think that brings us to the end of this episode. And I am telling the truth. We're going to wind it up now. We'll catch you next time. It's goodbye from... D. And goodbye from A. Stay mindful. Bye. Bye. If you like this episode, then please consider subscribing to find out whenever a new episode drops. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, that's a little purple button on your iPhone, iTunes or Stitcher. You can of course go to our website at www.thednaofmindfulrelationships.com or our Facebook page where you can like us and share our show with your friends. Send us an email to info at the DNA of mindful relationships.com and ask us questions or give us feedback or maybe suggest some ideas for some upcoming shows. We look forward to catching you next time and until then, stay mindful. <laughs>